let me ask you the most obvious question that you're going to be asked in a long time. Hands raised, who's tired of COVID? Did anybody not put up their hand? <laughs> Aren't you tired of this? Isn't this wearing you out? It's been a long 18 months and we're not out of it yet. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned to you some time ago, I'm looking at the last 18 months as a disruption, not an interruption. An interruption means this past 18 months has put everything we were doing on hold, and when it's over, we're going to go back to the way things were. That's an interruption. A disruption causes change. And I think these last 18 months have been a disruption that have caused a lot of change. And though change makes us uncomfortable, sometimes change is needed. And as I said to you in the spring, I think change is needed in the North American church. And I believe that God is using this time to start a new great move of him. I believe we're at the beginning of a great move of God. A movement where being the church is going to become more important than going to church. And back in the early spring, I talked about a vision for a post-COVID Sandwich Baptist Church. And I talked about it a little bit in June. But a number of you saying, can you remind us what you said back then? That was a long time ago. We've had a lot of life go on, especially during COVID. And so I want to take these next two weeks to remind you of our vision for a post-COVID SBC. And let me be clear, a vision for a post-COVID Sandwich Baptist Church starts with Jesus. He's the center, he's the savior, he's the king, he's the Lord. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who came on a rescue mission to redeem humanity and restore all things. He's the one who came heralding a new way of living. Mark 1:15. Jesus said the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus came proclaiming the good news that the kingdom of God was breaking in, that God's presence, God's rule and reign were at hand, and that life in God's presence and power is now available to ordinary people. And that good news, that gospel is history changing. We sometimes miss the fact that the gospel, the good news that Jesus and the early church proclaimed and demonstrated was far grander, far more life-changing, much more compelling than just going to heaven when you die. The gospel Jesus and the early church proclaimed turned the world upside down. And today, we need once again to grasp the grandeur and the beauty and the redemptive scope of the gospel Jesus came proclaiming. A gospel that is good news to the poor, redemption for the sinner, healing to the brokenhearted, liberty to the captive, sight to the blind, and freedom to the oppressed. A gospel that will one day bring redemption and restoration to all creation. 
So we have the king, Jesus, and we have his kingdom, and we have his good news. And then we have the king's people. Because of Christ's life and death and resurrection and ascension, we have the privilege of entering into his kingdom and living under his kingship. And the cross is the doorway into his kingdom. Every person needs to come to the cross of Christ and bow down and surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And when a person does that, they enter into his kingdom and they engage in a a whole new way of living. A life that is lived under the kingship of Jesus, under his rule and reign. A life that imitates our loving, gracious, sacrificing king. A life where we're called by Jesus to not only follow and know and obey him, but to help others know and follow and obey him. A life where we're called by Jesus to represent him and his kingdom to the people around us. To be people who join him on his redemptive, restorative mission. To be people who help others taste and see the goodness and the glory and the beauty of God's kingdom. SBC has been placed in Victoria in hopes that this city would become more like the kingdom of God. Have you ever thought about that? Not only our church, but other churches, but I'm talking specifically about our church right now. SBC has been placed in Victoria in hopes that this city would become more like the kingdom of God. And that's why we need to inspire and equip each other to live 6-8 wherever we find ourselves. And just to remind you, and if you're new today, this might not be a reminder, when we talk about live 6-8, that comes from the verse in the Old Testament, Micah 6-8, where it says, He has shown you, O mortal, O human being, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? And it says, to act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Notice those three actions that are good, that the Lord requires of us. It's right there. We're to act justly, we're to love mercy, and we're to walk humbly with him. And as we walk humbly with Jesus, as we start to know and follow and obey King Jesus, as we imitate him and live under his kingship, then we can't help but love mercy. In other words, extend kindness and compassion to people whether they deserve it or not. We can't help but act justly, especially when it comes to the poor and the oppressed and the vulnerable. I noticed in the, in the survey comments someone had written, it was, it was time to move on from the Micah 6-8 emphasis. I hope not. I hope it's not Time for us to move on from walking humbly and loving mercy and acting justly because that's what God says is good and that's what he requires of us. That's not the question we should be asking. The question we should be asking is how are we going to partner with God in his redemptive, restorative mission? How are we going to help others taste and see the goodness and the glory of God's kingdom? How can we 
effectively, effectively, sorry, inspire and equip each other to live six, eight, to walk humbly with Jesus and to love mercy and act justly. Well, that's where our post-COVID vision comes in. And a post-COVID SBC looks like this. It's basically got seven, I call them circles, but they're actually rectangles. But go with it, okay? Work with me. All right, and so it's basically got these seven circles. This is what our post-COVID vision looks like. Microchurches, spiritual friendships, serve the city, Victoria Dream Center, Living Edge Market, Sunday services, and Mission Sankatine. And what I want to do for the rest of the time today is look at all the circles but microchurch. And we're going to talk about microchurch next week because a lot of people have questions around it. So we're going to spend next week talking about microchurches and prayer, but this week I want to Hit these. So you start to remember what a post-COVID vision looks like. So let's start with Sunday services, our worship services. We'll start there. Large group worship gatherings have great value in the life of a local church. Let me say that again. Large group worship gatherings have great value in the life of the local church. Thus, here at Sandwich, both in-person and live-streaming services are here to stay. Now, as we move into the fall, because we heard in the surveys that people are cautious and hesitant, we were, if you remember back pre-COVID, we were doing four services, right? We're, we're currently doing two, and we're going to stay with two until the numbers demand we add more. So we're going to stay with a 10 o'clock at WRC here, an 11 o'clock at our other campus at CPC, and and, and we're going to stay with a 10 o'clock live stream for those that watch us on live stream. And a big thank you to Kim and her team for doing such a great job with live streaming. Haven't they done a great job? They really have. And then if we need another service, most likely here at WRC, we'll discuss whether it's going to be an evening service, which is the way we'd probably lean, or another morning service. So we're, we're playing this all as we move through the fall because we're moving with COVID. People are cautious and hesitant. So for the foreseeable future, we're going to stick with the two services in the live stream. And whether on live stream or in person, when we come together on Sunday, we're seeking to do three things, and I want to be clear about this. We want to express our worship to God together. We want to encounter Jesus together, and we want to be equipped to know, follow, and obey him. So let me just quickly go through these. Express. We want to express our worship to Jesus, and we want to do that through singing, we want to do that through celebrating as working as we move into the fall. We're going to be sharing God working stories regularly on Sunday. And I don't know about you, but I, when I hear about God working in someone's life, it causes me to worship him. And then we're looking for other creative ways that we can be led to worship God together. And Kim and her team are going to use those creative ways to do just that, to help us worship together. Secondly, we want to seek to encounter Jesus together. And, uh, you know, one way we can do that, I was thinking about it this week, is by praying together. And I've said this before, the early church's worship services involved more time and focus on prayer and silence and the public reading of Scripture than most of us experience in the North American church today. 
And what if we allowed more time for that? And so as we move into the fall, we're going to allow more time for, for prayer and for silence and for, and for reading. And, and won't all three may be up on the same Sunday, but we're going to bring more of that into our service. And then, and then we want to encounter Jesus together however Jesus wants to reveal himself to us. And individually, you may encounter Jesus on a Sunday through singing. You may encounter Jesus through the sermon. You may encounter Jesus through a conversation in the foyer. But we want everybody to encounter the living God on Sunday. And then, thirdly, we want to be equipped to know, follow, and obey Jesus as we gather together on Sundays. And, and most of us, when we think of sermons, we think of information transfer, exactly what's happening today. I'm sharing the vision. I'm transfer, transferring information to you. But I, shouldn't we be focusing on both hearing and obeying the Word of God? And what if we focus more on equipping and formation rather than just information transfer? And so we're going to try an experiment. We're going to try this fall shortening the sermon time and then spending the rest of the time helping each other implement what was spoken on. So if I was speaking on forgiveness, we would take some time at the end for you to think about how that applies to your life. If we were talking about a particular way to read the Bible, then we would spend some time doing that at the end of the service together. So we're equipping, we're forming, we're not just transferring information. And so we're going to try this, and we're going to value your feedback on that. And then what about children? Well, here's the deal. Children over the age of five, under five we have the nursery going right when you walk in the door, but over the age of five they're going to join with us for worship and for prayer and for the story, if that's all appropriate. And then they're going to head off like they did today for their time to learn in an age-appropriate way and be formed in an age-appropriate way around Jesus and what Jesus wants them to do. So that's worship. Here's another one. Second circle we're going to look at is spiritual friendship, what we call spiritual friendship clusters. And our, survey, our surveys that we got back showed a number of people are finding out, want to find out more information about what we're calling spiritual friendship clusters. So let me explain that a little bit. When you think about how Jesus discipled his followers, if you look at the Gospels, you see that Jesus spent a lot of time pouring his life into a handful of people. As they journeyed together, Jesus modeled life for them. And then as moments came along, Jesus used those moments as teachable moments. Disciples didn't always get it, but he tried. And then he instructed those followers to go out and do the same things that he'd been doing. And if you know the story, those followers went out and literally changed the world. Here's the deal. The Gospels clearly show us that people are discipled best as people follow Jesus and then show others how to follow Jesus. Sharing and teaching and equipping and modeling the 6-8 way as they go through life together. And, and here at SBC, we're hoping to see that kind of relationship on relationship discipleship happen through spiritual friendship clusters. Now, what's a spiritual friendship cluster? A spiritual friendship cluster are, are, are small groups of people two to four to five people who gather weekly to journey with Jesus and each other. 
So what happens when these, say, three or four people get together? Say they meet at Starbucks together. What happens? Well, they get their coffee or whatever, and they sit down, and they start talking, and they catch up with how was your week. Then they say, well, did you do what you said you were going to do last week? I'll get back to that in a moment. And they talk about that. Then they can either do one of two things. They can share what they've been learning from their Bible reading this past week, or they can read the Bible together right there and then. Out of one of those two things, whether they read the Bible together there and then, or they share from their Bible reading over the last week, they're gonna, each person's going to pick something from their Bible reading that they're going to apply to their life the next week. So we're sitting around and, and I say, well, and I'll go back to my forgiveness theme, I really need to forgive Bob because Bob, you know, did some stuff and I need to forgive Bob this next week, say. And so that would be my thing and, and Rick would say, well, um, he just got really nervous. What am I going to put him on the spot for, right? But Rick would say in my Bible reading this last week, the Spirit really convicted me or challenged me that I need to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. And then so everybody in, the, in, or in this little group, we all make ourselves accountable to one another to apply what we've been learning from the Bible that the Spirit's been speaking to us. And then we pray for one another. And then we go out and live our week. And then we come back together the next week, we have coffee, and then we catch up. And, and Rick says to me, you know, you, you were saying you were going to step out and forgive Bob. Were you able to do that this last week? And so there's, 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 there's community. There's reading the scriptures together or talking about what you've been reading in the scriptures. There's prayer, and there's accountability for living it out. That's, that's the heart of what a spiritual friendship cluster looks like. And you may say, well, how do I get involved? Well, the vision is for these clusters to be formed organically from within our church. In other words, consider the relationships you already have with other Christ followers. Who do you know that would be interested in getting together with you on a weekly basis to do what I just talked about? And when you think of a couple of people that might be interested or even one other person, give them a call. See if they're interested and start. I think amazing life change can happen through these clusters. I think as, as they go on, we're going to hear stories of God doing some amazing things. So I think they're a very important part of our vision as we move ahead. Here's another one. Serve the city. If you've been here any length of time, you know that one of the heartbeats of us church is we're trying to serve the city so people in the city speak differently about Jesus and the church. And church, you have done that so well over the last few years. And again, I want to say thank you if you missed the pre-show today. I want to say thank you to everybody for packed the school and loving the laces this last summer. You knocked it out of the park. So thank you, church, for that. And we're going to continue with Serve the City this year. Serve the City Christmas edition will be coming up in November. And then we're going to hopefully have a couple of Serve the City car care editions where we partner with One Up Single Parent Resource Center and we change uh, oil, do car oil changes for single parents. And we'll be doing again next summer Serve the City, again, Pack the School edition. And so Serve the City is going to continue this next year to be a big part of what we do. Another circle is the Living Edge Market. There it is over there. Living Edge Market happens at our campus 
out on the peninsula. If you're new online or in person, we have two campuses, this one, and one out by Centennial Park on the peninsula. And there on Thursday night, we have a fresh food market. We're part of the Living Edge Network, and we have a fresh food market. People come from the community, and they're able to get fresh food. And, um, and we are just excited to be part of that. It happens Thursday at 5.30. A big thank you to Paul out at CPC and his team and the other churches on the peninsula that partner with us to make it happen. It, it is, God is moving. Uh, relationships are being built. We're able to pray for people. We're able to give people fresh food. God is using that market in amazing ways. And if you'd like to be, get involved in it, you can just send an email to office at sandagebaptist.org and we'll make sure that Paul gets in contact with you. Then there's this one over here, Mission San Catin. And Mission San Catin, if you're new today, uh, Mission San Catin is a mission we have uh, down in Vicente Guerrero, Mexico. Vicente Guerrero is on the Baja of Mexico, about four hours south of Tijuana. We've been down there for a number of years, working, building schools, building houses, working with at-risk youth, working with the local church, um, doing breakfast clubs, which are feedings uh, for kids that don't normally get a healthy breakfast. And right now, MSQ is in a, in a, in a season of transition. Uh, Tom Card who's currently with Lily on sabbatical until October 15th, is stepping down as our executive director as of January the 1st of next year. And we're hoping, once COVID is done with, to get Tom and Lily up here so we can really celebrate their ministry. But um, the MSQ board is currently looking for a new ED. If you've got any ideas, I would be happy to talk to you. Meanwhile... We have staff down there. We, I don't know if you know this. We have a number of national staff <coughs> who are working and continuing to work. Uh, they're working with at-risk youth. They're doing soccer programs, school programs, one-on-one, -on -one, and other programs down there. And they're continuing to do their minister and ministry, and God is working. We're also continuing to do our breakfast clubs. We're hoping to be able to send teams down next year again to build schools and build houses for people that need it. But here's a prayer request for you. In, in, in the past, MSQ's major financial source of income has come from the teams that have gone down. And in the last 18 months, basically no teams have gone down to MSQ. That means MSQ has had really no significant income stream. We've had some reserves, we've had some generous donations, but right now, in this season of transition, MSQ is in a serious financial situation. And so I'm going to ask you, church, to be praying about that, that God would provide for this ministry, because this ministry has a great future. And uh, we, just, we just know that God wants to provide, and so we just need to ask you to pray that God would provide a new executive director, and God would also provide financially, because it is a great work. So please be doing that. Last circle for today is this one, Victoria Dream Center. Victoria Dream Center is our indigenous ministry that is seeking really to do two things. Number one, help us as a church learn and unlearn around 
First Nations issues. And most of us have a lot to learn, and a lot of us have a lot to unlearn around First Nations issues. And uh, we were doing monthly learning communities. We're hoping to get those fired up again this fall. We, the, the leadership team for Victoria Dream Center is working on some great learning opportunities, whether they're going to be online or in person, depends on COVID, but we are looking on providing some wonderful learning opportunities from some indigenous leaders, Christian leaders, to help us learn and unlearn. The second part of Victoria Dream Center is we want to engage in reconciliation with First Nations people, especially First Nations people on the Saanich Peninsula. And in that regard, Victoria Dream Center is seeking to take three to five significant steps towards implementing the relevant calls to action from the Truth and Reconciliation Committee report over this next ministry year. We're saying, what are some, what are some steps that are in that report that we can apply to our church as we seek to walk alongside and seek reconciliation with First Nations people on the peninsula? And right now, we're trying to figure out what those steps are. I'll certainly let you know when we get there. But can you be praying for the Victoria Dream Center leadership team as they continue to lead us on this very important journey? Next week, we're going to dive into the last of our, our circles, and that's microchurch. And I really believe this fall with so many people in our church being cautious and hesitant, the microchurch is really going to be used to God in a very big way, and I'll explain why next week. I want to conclude this week this way. I want to remind you that King Jesus is a loving, gracious, good king who is calling us to be people who live out the gospel he came proclaiming. He's calling us to be people who help others follow and obey Jesus. He, he's calling us to be people who see the church not as a building or as a worship service, but as a community of people who represent him and his kingdom to the people of the city. He's calling us to be people who enter into the life and the rhythm of the city so others can taste and see the beauty and the goodness and the glory of his kingdom. He's calling us to be people who are praying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer is a prayer for God's kingdom to come and thrive here and now. Let's replace the word earth with Victoria. Your kingdom come, your will be done in greater Victoria as it is in heaven. Church, are we willing to be used by Jesus to bring restoration, redemption, and renewal to our city and the, to the people who live in it. Church, are we willing to go all over this city and live in such a way that people taste and see the goodness and the beauty of God's kingdom? Church, are we willing to be part of a great move of God in this city? Just before Kim comes and sings, a final song with you, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'll explain why in a minute.
When, when we commission missionaries to the field, we have them up here and we ask them some questions and then we pray over them. But in a very real sense, all of us are missionaries because all of us are going out into our everyday places tomorrow and we're going out in the name of Jesus. And so as we begin a new ministry year, I want to commission you. And so I'm going to ask you three questions and I want you to, you don't have to say it out loud because if you're not wanting to say this, I don't want you to feel embarrassed. So let's just say it, you just say it inside to yourself. But I'm going to ask you three statements and the answer to each statement is, I am. You can whisper it, say it to yourself, whatever. If you, but be a person of integrity. And if you're not going to, don't say it. Just stand there. It's fine. And then I'm going to pray for you. Okay? Okay, here's the first statement. Just say, I am at the end of it, and we'll carry on. Are you willing to follow and obey King Jesus? Are you willing to go into your everyday places and share the love and grace of Jesus with others? Are you willing to live in such a way that people taste and see the goodness and the beauty of God's kingdom. Let me pray for you. Our Father who art in heaven, as your followers, we accept our commission from you to go and share your love, grace, and truth with others. And Father, as Jesus ascended to glory, he declared that we would receive power from the Holy Spirit so we could bear witness of him to the ends of the earth. And so we ask that you would give us your power, your wisdom, and your courage so we can live kingdom lives in all the everyday places that you have called us to. May Jesus be seen in our lives as we seek to live for him. And so, Father, on your behalf, I commission each person here to go into their everyday places, into their communities, into their workplaces, into their schools, into their neighborhoods to share your love and grace with others. All glory be to you, loving God, now and always, through Christ and the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen.